So I can stop recording now? Wait, should I start? Do I start the recording now or start it? Good morning, BHA. It is a podcast about barbershop recorded today. Richard Reeve in Queensland and there's Ash down in Perth. Two Australians talking about the greatest hobby on earth. Oh boy, it's swell to say. Good morning, BHA. Good morning, BHA. Hey. Eddie, stop talking. We haven't introduced you yet. Oh. You don't exist hey! until we introduce you. <laughs> hey, Ash, this is a pretty special episode. Hello, Ash Schofield. It's been so long since we spoke. Um, you look resplendent in the in the getup that all of our listeners can see you in. Uh, for, for our listeners' benefit, Ash and I are both in 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 uh, 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 clothing uh, branded Thank proudly you. with USA. Um, welcome to welcome to Good Morning BHA uh, listeners. USA. Uh, shh, shush, USA. we haven't introduced you yet. <laughs> oh, you don't gosh. exist until we introduce you. Good uh, welcome everyone. I've been on the phone this for like 12 minutes yet, that um, that uh, speaks about everything barbershop in Australia as well as some international things. And as you can hear by the noisy guest we have in the background who speaks before invited, we have a special guest today. Um, this young man uh, is an international chorus champion member. He is uh, a, a judge in uh, in the VHS system who has judged uh, internationally. He is a multiple uh, visiting and highly esteemed coach throughout Australia um, and a proud Texan, uh, Mr. Eddie Martinez. Welcome to Good Morning Bear Chase. Have a seat. Have a seat, everyone. So that's all the time we have for the time. Well, thank realize you very much, everyone. I didn't the studio audience was going to be so big. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the studio audience to be like this. Oh, my um, God, still standing. Please, y'all, sit down. Really. Sit down, everyone. Really? Okay. It's good. And, and this is a serious version, people. You should have heard it before we started recording. He was, he was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, um, many many ICs will uh, will know you personally from your uh, your um, wonderful uh, coaching tours over the past uh, gosh, it's been twenty years now um, throughout throughout Australia. Gosh, but, it um, has. Yes, crazy times. Wow. But um, taking it uh, taking it right back, um, tell our listener um, how you got into barbershop. How I got into barbershop. Um, yep. Um, when I was in high school, my church, uh, was doing the, the musical, the music man for a summer project or something like that. And, and, uh, I thought, well, heck yeah. Well, you know, I'd, uh, you know, been a little active in the church musically. So I thought, well, I'll audition and I auditioned and I got the part of Tommy Gilles, if you're familiar with the musical, the music man. The uh, the do good boy who dated Zanita. Oh, you're not familiar with it, Richard? Seriously, is that um, is that trouble with a capital T that rhymes with P that stands for pool? God, seriously, (laughs) seriously, gosh. Yes. Okay. So we should just pause the interview right now, and y'all should just go watch the movie, and we can come back in two hours and finish the interview. And we're back. Um, Okay, that was good. (laughs) That's right. That's right, and, and we're back. Wasn't it a fantastic movie? How good is that movie? <laughs> it still what holds your, up too. It's what amazing. What was your favorite part, Richard? My favorite part was uh, was 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 when um, uh, okay, when Harrison so anyway. Ford punches the guy and says, <laughs> "Get off my plane." <laughs> I 
I thought you were going to say the favorite part was like an R2-D2, uh, you know, did something. Uh, no, 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 that's my mistake. That was a different movie. Now, my favorite part okay. when it was, was when the guy says, get to the job. Uh. <laughs> so, anyway, Music Man at school, you so, were introduced yeah, so to... the Music Man, and, uh, you know, I didn't realize that, um, I mean, I think everyone, had, you know, was aware that Barbershop Quartet's quartets existed type thing but uh, I wasn't in the barbershop quartet but being in the musical and uh, um, uh, going to all the rehearsals and everything I learned all the music for everyone's music and all, you know all the lines just because you're there right you know as you know when you rehearse for a musical you just kind of learn everybody's everything, everything yeah right and then that next year at uh, at school in high school um, it turned out that the spring musical was going to be the music man and I hadn't been involved at school at all but I thought oh, I saw the signs you know posted around it's like well my gosh it's the music man I just did this I know all the music I know all the lines I should just go and audition and at that time I wasn't in choir uh, or band I had kind of stopped that for a little while and uh, I went to the auditions strangely enough because that's kind of unlike me to just to go do something like that not knowing not being comfortable in that situation but I did and the and the choir director at the time Mrs. Grant who I'm still uh, good friends with we're friends on Facebook and we uh, keep in touch um, she had me sing and she put me in the role of uh, 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 the lead of the quartet um, you were Dunlop I believe was the quartet name or the lead's name in the quartet on the school and, board um, that's right, on the school board. And so um, I started the, you know, learning the music, which is, which is fun. And then um, I was in, I, I was in band, I, I joined band that year. And uh, one of the percussionists, a friend of mine, uh, Vanessa, uh, she said, Oh, my father used to sing with that group, or be a part of that organization. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, you know, he used to be with that, uh, the, the group that uh, does the, the barbershop stuff. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I lived in Houston, and um, Houston, Texas. And um, so um, uh, she goes, I'll find out. I'll talk to him. So she came back the next day or so, and she brought me a, a ticket stub. And it was the Houston Tidelanders um, Cavalcade of Harmony. And the, the Tidelanders that year, this was in uh, 1983, and so they had just come in, I want to say third, second or third or fourth, somewhere they were, the, they meddled. Um, yeah, and wow. so they were singing extremely well. And so she brought me this ticket stub from some old show they had been to. So, um, uh, and it turned out they had a, a their, uh, their, a show coming up like just in a few weeks. So uh, my folks uh, bought tickets to it and they took uh, me and my sisters and we all went to the the Tidelanders Cavalcade of Harmony show, and I remember the curtain opened. It was in, it was in Jones Hall in downtown Houston, and they were dressed as a as a, it was a cornfield, and they were all dressed as corn stalks, and there was a blackbird, and they opened the show with Bye Bye Blackbird, which the uh, Side Street Ramblers had just won with Bye Bye Blackbird in 1983, and I mean they open and if, if you're familiar with that arrangement of Bye Bye Blackbird, it goes Blackbird, Blackbird, I'm coming home tonight, and it's just this big intro type thing and i just remember as a kid sitting there going oh my gosh what is this and uh you know like most barbershop chapters they had uh, a guest night the following week after their uh, annual show so i went and uh i started the process immediately and 
auditioned and became a member and I've been a member uh, ever since. During the show, mate, that's an awesome story, by the way. During the show, did they say, hey, by the way, um, new members are welcome and this is how you do it, come and chat to us after the show? Or did you just go and look them up after the show? Um, I'm, um, gosh, that was so long ago. Um, I'm sure they probably said something, um, uh, uh, I'm sure the MC said something and I'm sure it was in the program too, like most barbershop right. yeah, uh, nice. groups do yeah. say, you know, Hey, come visit us on this date. Cause it's our next guest night. And, um, uh, and, uh, and sadly, um, uh, Jim Snell was, uh, the, was the, um, MC for many, many years. And I remember he was the MC that night and we just got word just in these past few months, I guess that he, uh, passed away. And, uh, and I saw the name and it's like Jim Snell. And I, and I reached out to a buddy of mine that I've known since high school. And it's like, I know, I know the name, I know Jim name? Snell. He's like, and he's like, Oh, he goes, he goes, he emceed all of our shows. And it's like, I remember he emceed that night, my first cool. night to go see, that was the experience. you know, when yeah, I got nice. introduced to the real barbershop stuff and, uh, it was Jim Snell. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Um, and uh, so you, you um, visited Australia for the first time in about 2000. Is that correct for as a coach? It was around 2000. You know, it was either right as uh, Vocal Evolution was getting started or no, it was actually, I think it was right before Vocal Evolution was getting started. Um, it was probably, yeah, it was probably in 1999 or 2000. <laughs> So, yeah. so briefly, uh, just just run us through, um, yeah, your your I guess your barbershop life it, between '83 when you started and and 2000 ish when you first visited Australia. You sang in choruses and quartets and coached and stuff. Well, I joined I joined the Houston Tidelanders uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, chorus at at that time, and then and I uh, graduated high school and uh, and then ended up going to Austin, Texas, and you know being in college you just don't have a whole lot of time for that uh type uh, you know while uh, studying university and everything but um i visited the austin chapter a few times or whenever i could and uh and uh and then after i graduated had i already graduated i guess i had graduated university and i started i sang with the austin chapter a year and then i moved to colorado and because uh, I was I was a teacher, I taught I was an English teacher, so I taught a year in Boulder, Colorado, and a year in Denver, Colorado. And during that time, I sang with uh, Sound of the Rockies, who uh, which was a fantastic hundred plus man chorus. We came in fifteenth, uh, and then what did we come in? Fifteenth and then tenth or something like that. With Calgary and New Orleans in ninety two, ninety three, and uh, and then I decided to move back to Texas. And uh, there was no, uh, I mean, coming just coming from an international, um, you know, big course, and there wasn't anything like that in Central Texas where I lived. So it's like, well, well not I in could... Texas throughout, really. Pardon? Well, not in the whole of Texas, really. Hey, hey, hey! Careful. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was thinking, it's like, well, could I drive to Vocal Majority in Dallas because that's four hours, about four, three and a half to four hours north of me. Um, and I realized, no, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm teaching sixth grade English. There's just, uh, you know, to get to Dallas, I'd have to leave, you know, one, two in the afternoon. I could, can't leave school early. I can't, you know, I'm a teacher. And you can't be getting to bed at so three in the morning and then getting up at six and going and, and teaching for a full day. Exactly. <laughs> and then I have to get home at two thirty in the morning and then have to, you know, wake up at six thirty, seven o'clock to get to work. And it's like, well, that just is 
but I was young, young and dumb. So it's like, I'm surprised, actually, I'm surprised I didn't do that. But, um, <laughs> so I thought, well, I could start my own course. And because there were, you know, a bunch of different courses kind of in the central Texas area, but it wasn't anything like I had just come from a, you know, hundred plus man chorus that, uh, you know, came in, uh, at, uh, you know, singing top, in the mid eighties, top yeah. levels, the international, and so I reached out to several uh, guys uh, in the Austin area, and they weren't currently singing with any of the, the with the local Austin chapter. And uh, I said, "Hey, I'm thinking about starting a new course," and I could barely even finish the sentence. And they're like, "Yes, <laughs> I'm in." And so you know, they called some of the other guys who weren't singing, and and then um, when I ha- when I had been active in Austin several years before. We even had one of the uh, a guy driving in from San Antonio, which is an hour and a half south of here, just to sing with the Austin Chorus. And uh, <clears throat> I ran into, I ran into him and his wife. I don't know how we ran into each other because they're in San Antonio. I'm in Austin. My parents were in Houston. I can't remember where I ran into them because it's a big kind of spread out. But I ran into them like at a uh, Sam's or a Costco, one of those big box you know store type things. And I, and uh, his name was Jan, and I said, "Hey Jan, you know, I'm, uh, we started talking. It's like, well, you know, I'm starting a new chorus. Uh, you know, are you interested?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm interested." And then he started getting a bunch of San Antonio guys interested, and I was getting Austin guys interested. And my original plan was, I want to start a new chorus in Austin, Texas. But with San Antonio, more and more guys from San Antonio being interested, um, it ended up. You know, it's an hour and a half uh, distance, um, so we ended up meeting in the middle in San Marcos, Texas, and uh, so no one had to drive too far. Everyone had to drive kind of, you know, 45 minute type thing, and uh, and that's when we started the Heart of Texas Chorus um, in, gosh, 93, 94, or somewhere around there. Yeah, and this could be the first of 10 episodes, but yeah, tell us briefly about uh, the, 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 how that got off and running, because I'm sure a lot of people have tried to start a new chapter and it just basically hasn't worked. Yeah, they do, you know, and that's one of the things I do now. You know, I go around uh, in my uh, uh, vocal performance and organizational coaching. I talk to groups when they want to start new choruses because I have done it before. And and I understand why groups are formed, and that's a whole – that could be – you know, that's a class I've taught at Harmony University uh, for multiple years and uh, establishing a unity of purpose or common vision. And, um, and that's what it was. It was a bunch of guys in central Texas who, um, you know, they weren't singing what they're – uh, local chapters and any of their chapters in the area because uh, they wanted something different. They wanted something better. And so they thought, well, if we're going to start a new chapter, I want it to be this and I want it to be this and I want it to be this. And so we, I, I, I literally think we met for six months before we sang a single note. Uh, it was one of one of those things. That's that's the way I remember it. And that's the way I tell the story when I when I talk to groups because that's my story and I, I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it because <laughs> plus it is it's it's that important to make sure you know that everyone's on the same page because too many groups. What do they want to first start doing immediately? To sing. sing, which yeah. who doesn't, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's like, well, if you don't have all the other stuff, uh, you know, set up to how it's going to be organized and and what it is that you're going to be, it's. It's it's more than just singing. You got to understand what you who you are, who you want to be when you grow up, and then you can then the then the singing stuff happens much faster. So yeah, so we started the Heart of Texas course, and with our goal of um, you know going to international within the first five years, and uh, we did it. 
Nice. And we did it. Yeah. That's it was, awesome. Uh, and and we, because it was, you had, it was a great run. Because you had, you had that agreed vision and, and you were, you know, enough working together to in, in, in the same direction. What, what was your first Without international? Uh, my first international was um, Calgary, Canada in 92. Um, I think it's when Gas House was that when Gas House won? Did the no, Gas House keepsake. win? In... 92, 93 was, keepsake. was Yeah, it was Gas House. Okay, so, so that yeah. That's so what I, I was going to ask Cal- you. What do you remember about now that you remember that Keepsake was 92? They must have been a pretty impressive champ, and as, as must the Gas House gang have been. Do you remember anything from those those years? Well, it's interesting because, you know, I started Barber's Shop in 83, and I didn't make it to my first international for various reasons until 92, and that was in Canada. I was living in Colorado, so I remember we drove to Calgary, and it was interesting because I was driving you with drive uh, three everywhere. other guys. You drive to Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you and I have driven. How 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 far have you and I driven? Literally Richard? one million miles. Literally one million American <laughs> miles. <laughs> So anyway, you drove to Alaska. This is great. This is a, I thought this was a great story because uh, we were we were so we were in Colorado. You have to go through Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, and get to um, uh, to uh, to Canada. And we we're going through customs, and it's uh, you know you see people pulled over and all you know customs agents uh, going through their cars and luggage and everything. And of course, everyone's hoping. Oh my god! And you know, not that anyone's doing anything wrong, but it's just like oh god, just the hassle. If they stop and we have to go through all of our belongings and it's just what a pain in the neck, right? And um, <clears throat> and so you know you pull up to the uh, the the uh, the customs the agents uh, window and the and they go you know what's your why are you you know why are you why are you entering our country and and we're like invasion. And uh, we're that's right. <laughs> we're from America. We're here to take over. <laughs> We've been hearing reports. <laughs> it's like it's like we're we're going to the uh, international barbershop uh, contest, and of course they had already seen this was you know ninety two, oh, wow. so that was, a, that was a highly attended. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, I yeah. think that was like one of the 12, years. 13,000. I, I, I don't want to. Yeah, 150,000. <laughs> and, and they're just the ones who are outside waiting to get in. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. No, but it was a it was a huge contest. So they had already experienced, you know, people coming through saying they were going to the contest. Wow. And uh, so I was in the, I was sitting in the back seat on the on the driver's side, which is on the left Spoken side marijuana. where we yeah. are. That's right. <laughs> And so uh, the guy driving, you know, who's answering, he was talking to the agent. He's like, oh, we're going to the barbershop contest. And I rolled down my window. And my window was already rolled down. And I said, yeah, we're going to the barbershop contest. You want to hear a song? And, and he he's like, keep moving. He la- <laughs> just, just the opposite. He's like, yes. He said, and actually, you can't come through until you sing for us. And we're like. <laughs> And we had we had we had four guys in the in the car, and we happened to have, of course, all four parts, which was fantastic. And so we're like, "All right!" And there's a line of cars behind us, and we're thinking, right. "Oh, <laughs> these these people are going to hate us." But if, you know what? They're not going to honk. I tell you that right now. They're <laughs> not get arrested. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, if you honk, <laughs> you can smart, turn right sm- around. <laughs> they're smarter than that. They weren't going to honk. Even in and America. so um, we get out, and uh, 
And so the the agent calls calls the other agents from some of the other wow. gates. So they like they like pause everything <laughs> at the you know like all entrance from America into Canada has been halted for the two and a half minutes that we sing "Darkness on the Delta." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where's the video for these agents? Yeah, and so oh, I know you know it's before cell phones. Of course, they've been great to have on on video. And so they gather around, we sing for them, and you know smiles, and they applaud and. We get back in the car and they go back to work and we go on through to the international. That's what the, the, little did I know you were going to have a great story. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Richard, what? how long oh, have sorry. you known me? I this, have, I have this, nothing but. Sorry, did great I use stories. my inside or my outside voice? That's right, um, mate. Uh, and so uh, that, that's awesome. So um, yeah, hey, Ash, us- Ash, if you could just tone it down a little bit. Um, we're just getting he, a little too much he, of you right now. He does tend yeah. to dominate yeah. the conversation. Oh. Yes, he is quite rude. In that regard. As always. As always. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so what do you remember about um, about the, the, the keepsake uh, in your first year and, and Gas House Gang in the second? They, they must have been pretty, you know, they, they, they remain among the society's most popular quartets. Well, not just popular, but the best, you know, some of the best quartets uh, ever. And, you know, uh, probably similar to your first international you go to everything. Yeah. You don't. You don't miss a single no. thing. You go yep. to the. <laughs> yeah. You go to every show. You buy tickets to everything. You sit through every quartet. You sit through every chorus, yep. um, and uh, and you just soak it all in. And it was just, um, it was overwhelmingly amazing. You know, uh, because you get to hear just the the best of the best, and there was just so many people there. And what I do remember about um, it was New, or- New Orleans, I guess, was that um, when Gas House Gang sang Bright Was the Night, I remember sitting in the audience and they started singing that. And it was like, how are they absolutely ringing every, every. single <laughs> chord? Yeah. Every <laughs> chord. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those moments. It was just like, oh, my gosh. Uh. Yeah. Just. Yeah. It was great. And mate, um, how much had, because you'd been involved in Barbershop for almost a decade before this, was there a lot of talk of international? Uh, were you sort of champing at the bit to go? You know, you had you turned up to your first international having followed it for a while or seen videos or? Um, no, no, I hadn't seen video. Well, I don't think I'd seen video. There might have been like, you know, VHS tapes or something like that. But after every international, they made albums and cassette tapes that you uh, of the top 20 uh, so you could hear the choruses uh, yeah, and the quartets and and I had some of those that I had heard and that's how I got to learn a lot of the uh, uh, groups that were out there as you listening to those um, old uh, th- those are recordings that were made from different internationals and once I yep. started meeting more people in in the Texas area that had been in barbershop a while and of course they had a bunch of different albums and we'd listen to albums together and and cassettes, and I'd make copies and listen to them. Legal copies, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, uh, but uh, I was never able to go to International because I was in college, or I was in high school, and then I was in college, and then I was working uh, summer camps during the summer, so it was just never really a possibility. Oh, and right. uh, Yeah. Yeah, until I started teaching, and then I was singing with a group in Colorado that qualified for international. So it's like, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, cool, mate. We we could talk for 
forever about that. Um, but it certainly seems like we have. Yeah, you're telling me. Um, <laughs> yeah. let's, no, you're let's, telling me. Let, no, you're telling me. So no, let's fast Ash, forward Ash, to... You know what, Ash, see what I mean? Ash, Ash is, is telling me. Ash, Ash, this is what I was yeah. telling you about, Ash. <laughs> this, is what I, this is what I had to if put you recall, up with. This is what I um, warned you about. So let's fast forward. Um, so tell Should us I start the, the recording trigger. now on my phone? Yeah, start your recording. No, <laughs> in fact, if you could stop it now, then we can just... We can just Add a, a written transcript that Ash and I will just type up for the <laughs> remainder of this. And then Eddie said, the problem with barbershop is... Um, so, um, so mates, and tell us about um, the, the trigger for your first trip to Australia and who organised that and, and, and briefly, because it was a pretty... It was quite a, quite a jam-packed uh, trip. You, you must have been... You had been an MD for a while, yes, and you'd been doing a bunch of coaching. How did, how did that... Uh, transpire that, that yeah you I had um, well I hadn't been done been doing a ton of coaching actually um, but I when I had started the heart of Texas or we had started the heart of Texas chorus and uh, like I said we wanted to uh, our goal was to <clears throat> um, uh, qualify for international within the first five years which we did and I don't remember where um I don't remember where we were. It was maybe it was a, it was a Atlanta. Do you remember what year Atlanta was? I should. It know was this. it was nineteen hundred. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so my yeah. chorus sang at international, and um, it turned out the president of AMS, which you know, uh, Australia uh, Barbershop Army Australia used to be called AMS for the newer white uh, barbershoppers there, and Australian Association of Men's Barbershop Singers. Is that what it was? Correct. Yep. And uh, so the president, John uh, uh, Waring, and his wife, Linda, were in the audience because I guess, you know, the presidents of the different organizations go to all the internationals. And he saw us perform, and it was a small chorus. I don't know how many we had. I don't know, 25, 50 or something, guys, yeah. Something like that. And we came in 15th uh, uh, at the at our first contest, which we were super happy, but we were just happy to be there. So we still didn't want, you know. Actually, we probably would have been happy if we came in last. We were just happy mm-hmm. to be there. But we came fifteenth, and and that was a, like I said, it was a, a it's a ton of people at these contests. But he and Linda looked for me, and they found me uh, amongst all the people, and uh, he said, "We loved what we saw up there." Would you like to come to Australia and coach? <laughs> and given that your go- the goal of your chorus had been form, <laughs> qualify for international, and then be invited to Australia, Z, you achieved right. your goal. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, yes, sure. I mean, well, I mean why, why would anyone say no to that? Let me just think about that. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But he liked the energy. He liked this, you know, the small group sound, and um, and so that's how it started. And awesome. so we exchanged information, and uh, you know, and, you got on the uh, you got on the boat, first, and first six months happened. later you arrived. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. I don't remember. If, see if I don't. I don't know if it was that following summer, our summer, or. I don't remember the timing of it all. To if, be if honest, if you could stick to point. more things that you do remember than you don't, this will go a lot more smoothly. Ah, um, uh, God, so. this is going to be a very short <laughs> interview then. <laughs> so, so when you, um, you, so yeah, tell us about that that trip. You went around all all of the states uh, and and um, and drank your red wine. Um, 
And did you, you did you do mostly um, the singing coaching, or did you do any? Did you sit down with people and do organizational stuff as well? No, I hadn't done uh, the organizational coaching <clears throat> that I started with the Unity of Purpose and the and the Common Vision didn't start until a few years ago. When, once I realized that so many groups were bringing me in to to um, to fix, if you want to say that, things that uh, that that links back to the fundamentals. Yeah. Say it. What do you mean? Say it again. That that link back to why we're doing this. What? They're they're bringing you <laughs> in to fix sing. You, they're bringing you in to oh, fix bringing, singing things. They're bringing me for musical things, and I realized yeah. later than I should have realized in, in this evolution of my coaching that it's like what well, they're they're bringing me in to fix musical things, and the musical things are not the issue here. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's unity of purpose, it's common vision, it's organizational uh, type things, and you know then I realize if I try to fix it musically, that's basically like that's putting a band aid mm-hmm. on something, and uh, that's not gonna. Hold, and that's why I started uh, doing more of the organizational stuff once I realized um, how uh, truly important it was to, uh, to you know to make sure that everyone's on that same page. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so John organized it, or AMS, I should say, the leadership of AMS or uh, uh, Barbershop Harmony Australia, if you want to call it that, um, organized the trip, and they had me going everywhere, and I, I think I went to. Uh, I think I went everywhere. That my first time, I went everywhere except the Northern Territory because uh, uh, there was no barbershop in Northern Territory, and uh, so I coached in all the uh, pretty much everywhere. And uh, like I was mentioning before, the interview started. I think it was I, I want to say like it's fifty-two. I remember keeping track at the time. Fifty-two different groups. That's choruses and quartets uh, in that uh, four or five week uh, period. And there were some cities that I I wasn't even there for twenty four hours. I would there were I remember there were places I would arrive at nighttime. Uh, I arrived at night just in time to coach the course, and then I had to get up early before the sun rose and catch a bus to get to the next place. And there were some cities literally that I never saw in the daytime. Wow! But not many, not many. But it was just one of those. It was just like they really were taking advantage of my time over there. And they're like, let's just map this out Squeeze and get him in, yeah. to as many places. And it was a, it was exhausting in a in a great way. And uh, and you know it was my uh, was that my I guess that was my first. Um, I guess other than Canada, um, but you know in Canada they speak English, so it was my first international experience. <laughs> And so it was just, it was very interesting because it was a culture shock at some level. And, um, you know, I was staying with different people every night and it was living out of a suitcase and it was just action packed. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, and gosh, even back then I'm thinking compared to what I know now, it's like, oh gosh, I feel like if I knew then what I know now, uh, I could have done done so much better at that time but you know like everything it's a it's an evolution right and that's life mate the uh, point of life is learning things and doing things better next time um mate um uh, time is really racing so we've got to skip over some things um just just briefly uh tell us uh, you know your um help and, and guidance and mentorship for vocal evolution was really a core reason that that you know we achieved some pretty exciting goals that we're very very proud to. Um, you you were 
brought in from pretty much day one and yeah just uh, I guess summarize whatever you want to because I mean I just I, I, a couple of things I vividly remember one was um, um, that um, it was either 09 or 11 where just this is weeks or the week before or something uh, our nationals um, we said oh you know do, do we want Eddie with us and uh, basically if you if if um if people want you know then just throw in a few dollars and we'll get him over just just to be there with us you know to walk through the traffic pattern and stuff and everyone was just yeah. throwing hundreds of dollars and suddenly here you were you were <laughs> with us uh, it was just so great to have you the other one um, that I just just remember so clearly in in uh, as we were warming up to go on stage in in Hobart in two thousand and nine um, you just you just gave such a your, your presence was very calming and very empowering and you just said basically you're, you're ready for this. Um, and it was it was the mindset at that final stage was it wasn't about turn this diff thong or you know do this technical thing it was just you get out of your own way mentally so just just to sort of set the scene but um, yeah for, tell whatever stories you want uh, in in a few minutes of um, yeah of that because that, that was really valuable to us. Um, geez. Um. Speaking of the whole episode, yeah. <laughs> well, no, just. It- there's so many emotional um there's so many emotional episodes from from all of my time there Ash you may need to speak you got him rich rich I (laughs) I got him got got him him. I remember my my meeting with with, I I remember times with uh, coaching Nexus like we, we spent a lot of time together and just trying to um, catch Eddie swearing on any recording that we could was was one of our goals. <laughs> we never quite got there. And you got him saying "gosh," because no. he just doesn't do it. No, <laughs> no, because I'm gosh, very proper. Gosh darn it! I'm very proper. In it, proper. We had there were so many emotional episodes with with not just vocal evolution with so many different groups. Um, uh, throughout all of my uh, adventures uh, over there, and um, I I do remember after I was doing what I think of my first trip there, I was doing a an all day workshop in in Perth, um, where we were at a school auditorium or something like that, and uh, I think groups were coming up like for an hour at a time or thirty minutes at a time, quartets or choruses or something, and and I was just kind of coaching them for an hour, and, and everyone's in the audience just kind of watching the whole process kind of like what they call coaching under glass now mm-hmm. when you see it uh, different uh, harmony universities or harmony college type things and uh and uh and Gina and I can't remember who was with Gina at the time she found me at intermission or after the thing and she was telling about vocal evolution and she's like we're starting a new chorus she goes and I want you to be the coach of our chorus and it's like sounds great you know um <laughs> because uh yeah I mean because I had started a chorus before, so when anyone said I've started a chorus, that meant something to me because I understood that process. And I understood mm. the passion and the emotion um, uh, behind that, and then uh, and then yeah, that so that kind of started the whole uh, working with the vocal evolution, and then but you know of course I would never go over there and work just with vocal evolution. I'd end up going. You know, I've been to, like many Australians have told me, I've been to more areas and parts of uh, Australia than most Australians. I've been to all the states and territories now, Definitely. and uh, and uh, it's just been, it was uh, uh, 
fantastic. Uh, yeah, uh, all all the experiences, even um, you know, now looking back, even uh, um, being in Perth when I uh, got the phone call that my father had died, and having to fly back uh, to Texas suddenly, it was mm. uh, it was awful, mm. awful. Mm. I think, um, and um, but but I, I went back to Australia for you. I think your your international uh, just a few months after that. That was how and uh, yeah. man. That was yeah, that was a it. tough trip because for, yep. uh, you know, for I had associated the death of my father with Australia un- unfairly, of course. Yeah. But that's just where I was when I got the news, and that's just anyone that's flown from Perth specifically <laughs> to anywhere to to anywhere <laughs> in the United States. But if you, I, anyone listening, go ahead and get out a get out a globe if anyone still owns a globe and put your finger on Perth. And then put your finger on Houston or Austin, Texas, and it's almost a straight line through the planet, you know? And it's one of the longest trips that that anyone could take. But it it was it was longer because of the news I had I had received, yeah. Yeah, which does. made it much more painful. And uh but but it was so nice, man, after that, um, to go back and to see y'all again, and everyone was just so loving and um, uh, and supportive, and uh, that was in two thousand nine, and uh, mm. um, it was just very uh, it's very special, and, I've, and we joke a lot, as y'all know, because I've known y'all uh, some of the longest of the people I've known in Australia, but uh, we joke a lot, but man, there's just so much love uh, there for, um, the Australian barbershoppers. And then, you know, being able to have vocal evolution come over here, which I don't know if you have time to talk about when I got to coach y'all before you were competing here at international. And we had the retreat in Estes Park, Colorado. And I mean, just, uh, or they're having the quartet, uh, Alliance or, uh, you know, at, uh, come stay at the cabin with me and all those different things. It was just so many fun times, so yeah. many great, musical and enriching and rewarding and uh and loving fun times with mm. the barbershop absolutely yeah no mate the reason we kept uh kept coming back to you like a song is because not only were you uh, uh invaluable as a coach but um you were not too terrible as a human being to hang out with as well so um <laughs> so mate um um tell us yeah we could talk for hours but but tell us uh, I, I know that you, you had been a um, coach for some years, uh, and then you decided to apply to the to the uh, become a, a BHS singing judge. So just tell us uh, about that. Um, I had several people um, encouraging me for years to go into the judging program, and and it's like, gosh, being a judge. I mean, you have to obviously, uh, you know, international level and every level. You have to you have to stay there. You have to listen to every quartet. You have to listen to every chorus. And uh, I kept thinking, I'm not sure if I'm ready to, to do that. And the the more I was in the uh, uh, in barbershop and and working with groups, and I realized, well, this would be a great way. Like um, I think most most judges feel, it's a way to give back um, to a society that has given us, uh, given me so much um, over the years, and an art form that has given me so much. And so, with the encouragement of uh, Larry Clements, may he rest in peace. Uh, Larry Clemens and uh, Hank Hammer, who's still here in uh, Central Texas, um, they uh, kept encouraging me. So I uh, I applied and uh, went through the process and became a singing judge. Um, yeah, I guess uh, was it 
I don't remember, uh, 10, 10 years ago, maybe? Something like that? And, and tell us briefly about your, yeah, your experience uh, of, of judging. Like, you know, because you don't, to state the obvious, you don't know what it's going to be like until you actually do it. Uh, what, what did you learn through that process? And, and you know, learning, uh, sitting in the judge, as you say, from start to finish, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you know, it's uh, for for people who aren't familiar with the judging program, they they I think many, including myself, before I got in it, you think it's a glam, you know, like a, it's a glamorous process, and as you all know, being Free sandwiches. Uh, judges, it's not it's not a glamorous process, right? I mean, you're there you're there to work. You 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 fly in to wherever you're going to, and you just in time to uh, get get to your hotel room and change into your suit and and go to the judge's briefing and dinner and you're in, sitting in a dark pit uh, all of Friday night and you do evals Friday night you wake up early you do the chorus contest you they squeeze in a lunch in some room at the back of the school you know in 30 minutes and uh, <laughs> then you do evals for those choruses and uh, then you get ready for the, and do the quartet finals that night and you fly home Sunday morning and it's just like boom 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 it's quick it's uh it's it's a uh, it's uh it's uh that's why i like coaching so much is because you actually get to spend a significant amount of time with the groups and get to know the director and the uh, men or women on on the risers and you know you get to develop that relationship more and in uh judging it's uh, you don't get to do that as much because just the just because of time yeah. But it's been a fantastic experience. And so tell us about that just briefly, your, your personal experience of, of having to adjust or tailor your coaching skills to your 10, 15, whatever minute eval session. Uh, you, what was your approach to, to, to prioritizing or just triaging? You can, you've only got 10 minutes to you know, talk to this quartet or chorus. Yeah, I guess what's her... Um where I had the benefit is that um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a teacher at heart and I studied education. My degree is in education. I taught um, uh, English for more than two decades and, uh, you know, st- knowing the learning styles and just studying education and being an educator, you learn to find out, okay, what can I... And in and, and the classroom, you're, the classroom is run by the clock. I mean, I had my watch down, you know, to the second. So I, cause every, you know, class period was, you know, either 53 minutes or an hour and 17 minutes or, you know, something odd. <laughs> and so you learn to figure out what's the, you know, what's the best bang for the buck. What can I, uh, what can I give this quartet or this chorus that can get them, you know, hopefully singing better or performing better in the, uh, in the 15 or 20 minutes that I have with them. And every group is different. It's not like there's a formula for it because you ha- you know, you have to, as you know, you go in and you have to you profile and you kind of see where the group is right at that moment in time and how they're feeling mm-hmm. and uh, and what it is that they want. Some groups are like we don't care. We don't want to I mean, we're just happy. We were just happy to be here at contest <laughs> and and we're going to do this and we're not be we're not worried about getting better. We're just happy to be here and that's a whole different eval than groups saying, yeah. "How do we get one more point to do this <laughs> or how do we, you know, so it and it, it covers the gamut as you know. Um so it just depends. It's uh it's very organic, which is which is great. And um yeah, so it's 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 different every time. 
I'm I'm sorry, not sorry to put you on the spot here, but what you know, what, given you've now had a substantial amount of experience as a judge, you know, you'll walk into some evals and they'll be, you know, excited and thrilled about their score and grateful to you, and other others that they'll they'll be disappointed at their score and will sure. blame you. Um, so how, how do you go in and not knowing which is which, you just have to you know roll with either, um, given that all you've done is scored what you heard. Right, you know, and as you know, you you score what you hear, and um, um, and with all the training that we have, it's uh, and even being on the other side of that, being a, as a competitor, I understand that the judges are right, and if a judge, you know, one judge hears a, you know, a seventy-two, and another judge hears 64. a, you know, a seventy-nine, there's there are reasons for that, and you know, got to hear it, and and um. Uh, you know, I I don't always say it there during the evals. It just depends what level you can get and where the um, temperaments are at that moment. But if, I I I said I've always wanted to write an article for the Harmonizer that um, that says um, the scores aren't going to change <laughs> because you know after a contest it's like you see people upset or super happy that they got this high score and and there's that all there's that educator part of me that wants to kind of go well let's assume that the lowest scores you got were the right ones and not the <laughs> highest scores yeah. right because everyone was always wants to assume well this judge we got an 81 he, yeah you know, that's right he yeah. was he was right what's wrong with the other judges but i was like well what if the low score <laughs> what if the 72 was, was the right, right yeah. one you know and and the other one other people were were not um just because you know just the way the the psychology, I guess, behind it, right, and the being, being human, um, type thing. But it's uh, it's always interesting, and people are, um, you know, ninety nine, ninety nine point nine percent of the time are, uh, are very uh, uh, gracious and, um, uh, and 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 thank us for our time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it happens. Everyone's not always happy because sure. I mean, everyone. You know, they, you know, the, the as as we always say, and the only people that are really leave contest happy are the people who come in first place. <laughs> Unless you're just happy to be there, yeah, mate. Um, uh, tell how many times have you judged international? I know at least once. I've judged once. I judged yeah. Nashville in 2016 or uh, whatever Nashville was. I think 2016. Yeah, 2016. yeah 16, yeah. 17 was Vegas. Um, so that's, you know, that's an honour and an acknowledgement of you as being a, 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 an excellent scorer. Um, that, I mean, I know you'd been at International for a long time, but it's pretty, it's quite a, a privilege uh, to be chosen to be in the Peter International. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, it was fun. And, you know, and the... Uh, uh, you know, people always say, you know, get ready for that first quartet session, that Wednesday session that's where you have to hear uh, 187 quartets and each of them sing in 14 songs. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it's going to last 72 hours type thing. But uh, it's it's amazing. And I remember being uh, uh, amazed at actually how fast it went um, just because... You know, it's I guess it's like anything. You know, once you have focus and there's a purpose of what you're doing, it's just like boom, 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 and the next getting one comes out, and you're getting that's right, getting that rhythm in, pulling out the next score sheet, and you know, and here comes the next quartet, and it's amazing how quickly you can go through, you know, whatever the forty-eight quartets or whatever in that first day or whatever it was. But yeah, honored to honored to do that, and it was a fun fun process. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mate, uh, uh, time is whizzing by. Obviously, uh, the vocal majority... Actually, i got a ton of time right now. That's right, yeah. <laughs> our, 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 uh, our, my, my timer stops at one hour, so we, we, we need what, to cut... Remind me, why, why, is, why is Ash on this call? It's unclear. Because he, he's, he's the IT guy who puts it all together. Without him, no one would ever just, hear this. I'm just making sure that you guys, you know... I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure you you guys are. I don't know what you guys are supposed to be doing. Um, for for um, <laughs> we'll just give Eddie a minute here. Oh, Ash, man, I a lot of people say, a lot of people say that. I do miss y'all. So tell us about your vocal majority experience, mate. Um, uh, many people know who the yeah. VM is. VM is the most iconic chorus uh, in, in barbershop history, um, having won 11 um, uh, gold medals since uh, 1975. Um, and, 13. Uh, 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. Um, mate, uh, it's, it's quite, quite a drive for you. So tell us about your drive and tell us about your decision to take part and continue to take part. Um, how much time we got? We have 11 minutes. <laughs> well, no, this, might have to minutes. Be, this might have to be part the one of a, version. Of, That's a, right. of a 19 part series. <laughs> 99 part series. <laughs> 99. <laughs> um, I, uh, well, I left the classroom eight years ago, the English teaching English, and... Uh, kind of uh, figuring out what I wanted to do next. And I realized once I left the classroom, it's like, wait a second, I have, my schedule is open enough now that I'm just coaching that I can make it happen where I could actually go and sing with the vocal majority, which I had wanted to do since I found out about them in, you know, in the early 80s. Um, And you think, you think about it, it's like, well, that's just silly. I mean, that's a long drive, you know, almost four hours Who one way. Who would ever do that? Who would in the world would ever do that? And, uh, um, but, uh, you know, I talked to a few people and uh, there are other guys kind of from the area-ish uh, doing that. And so, uh, yeah, so I started uh, I started doing that. I, th- I think I called uh, Jim Clancy and said, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about doing this and... And he's like, that's great, you know, we'd love to have you. And I uh, went up there my first time, and he and I, Jim and I, had uh, uh, dinner. We went and had some Chinese food before our first rehearsal. And uh, um, uh, and he knew of me because I started Heart of Texas Chorus, and Vocal Majority was very supportive to Heart of Texas. We always called them our big brother as we were doing that. And I remember, I remember even uh, as the director of Heart of Texas when we were starting uh, one of my uh, field trips I took on my own was to go up to Dallas and I visited a vocal majority rehearsal and I, and I asked if they could run me through the audition process so I could see what they did so we would have an idea of what we might want to do and we gathered information from lots of uh, you know great choruses the Masters of Harmony and Vocal Majority and I think the New Tradition and uh, uh, maybe the Alexandria Harmonizers and you know we just kind of it's just trying to get you know why reinvent the wheel when you can other people have out there done it just get, get all their information and create mm-hmm. your own type thing so I went up there and they ran me through the audition process which was great and sat through the rehearsal so and they were always just so happy uh, for us and very supportive so um, which came uh, first your judging or your VM membership judging I started judging before I yeah okay um, before I before I joined VM and so um 
uh, yeah, so I so I started doing that, and I've been singing with VM um, since. I have uh, two gold medals and one silver medal, and uh, we've released multiple um, CDs or recordings, and we just released our second video. Uh, we released uh, one video a couple of years ago from uh, Orlando, of A Million Dreams, where we, where we performed with uh, Voctiv, which is an amazing acapella group. And then uh, just uh, on the Saturday before Easter, just a week or so ago, we released uh, Near My God to Thee, um, uh, which is turned out great. Where we sang with, uh, I don't know, about eight or eight or nine different gold medal gold medalist quartet guys. And uh, um, that's gotten some tremendous response. And so um, just being a part of an organization like that, that, that gets to function at an A level, you know, every week. Um, and, um, it's, I've been honored to be, uh, uh, you know, a regular, uh, warm-up guy and be on the front row and be on the music team. I direct a smaller group within called the Vocal Majority, uh, Express. And, um, uh, it's, um, and a tenor section leader. And, uh, it's just been, it's been a fantastic experience getting to work with, uh, to be a part of the Vocal Majority and, uh, get to work with, the. Uh, uh, Jim and Greg Clancy. Tell us about, uh, <clears throat> as, as uh, long-time listeners of Good Morning BHA will know, uh, uh, goal-setting and, and achieving and, and having the internal dialogue of what's important to me, why do I sing barbershop, is, is always fascinated uh, me. Tell us about um, your joining the VM, which sounds like was a bit of a dream come true, and then uh, A, the a weekly rehearsal process, which would be amazing at, at with, you know, 130, 40, whatever guys uh, singing at a high level. But then also briefly, the, the the convention experience, because I'm assuming you would go in there with um, with with a, a feeling of, um, of of sort of humble confidence and OK, let's let's be the benchmark that we've always been. Um, it It's the preparing for international is is some of the best times actually the best time to be a part of the vocal majority is preparing for our christmas shows i think our christmas shows are amazing i think we sing better at our christmas shows than we do just about anywhere um and uh, they're just fantastic they're phenomenal shows if i do say so myself but preparing for international is fantastic because the goal is always with just like our shows it's it's to touch people's lives and we try not to ever talk about it's not about winning a gold medal it's like well we might not win a gold medal but that's not what it is and you know unfortunately we haven't always won the gold medal but uh sometimes we've still had the most impactful performances and and we want to we want to touch people's lives through our music so all of our preparation is emotional uh musically emotional as we prepare for international and it's never um um, the tangible metal that many people might think, you know, go, 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 gold medal, gold medal, gold medal, gold medal. It's, it's, uh, it's not that, which is part of the, uh, beauty actually of that experience. And your weekly rehearsals, that, I mean, that, that most people would, would dream to be a, to, to turn up to a VM rehearsal each week. Uh, is, is, I assume it's a combination of, of, of structure, but also, you know, it's, it's a little bit organic in, in, in the moment. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's probably very much just like uh, most people's most people's rehearsals except it's, singing at you know, 95 we, we were that's right we just we happen to sing at a higher level because of our unity of purpose and our common vision and 
we rehearse from 7 o'clock until 10.30 every Thursday night, and the rookies meet at 6 o'clock, um, and the smaller group that I direct, we meet at 6 o'clock or 6.15, so for some of us, it's a four-and-a-half-hour rehearsal, and um, and we have a you know 12-minute break in the middle, but, um, you know, we do 20 12, minutes of warm-up, and we work 13. on... Not uh, <laughs> Or 13. <laughs> or 14. <laughs> or 19. We do our, uh, uh, you know, 20 minutes of warm-up, and then we get into the repertoire work, or do stop and do some um, choreography work, um, uh, and then more repertoire work, and um, um, the time goes by extremely uh, quickly, but, you know, it starts and stops of working things, just like Pretty much any rehearsal, it's that's why I tell people when 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 I run into guys and they're like, oh my gosh, I could never sing it, you know, I could never sing with vocal majority. It's just too much work, and I'm and I always say, uh, no, you could sing with vocal majority <laughs> because it is so fun. You don't realize, you know, and the and the you know Gary Parker of uh, of Dealer's Choice fame and vocal majority fame, he he coined the phrase that we refer to all the time, and it, that uh, hard work is fun when improvement is evident, and um. And that's what happens, I think, every week with us. Many of us you know, have stolen that from you, which you stole from someone else. So the the, the circle of life continues. <laughs> I have never claimed that quote as my own. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> um, mate, uh, so this this will have to be, yes, the, the first of, of 11 episodes. Uh, we, we do have oh, to wrap it up. Finally. That, <laughs> thank you uh, for your time. I thought this would never end. <laughs> um <laughs> Mate, um, uh, thank you for your uh, your amazing contribution to Australian Barbershop uh, and to Barbershop around the world. Uh, I know you've been the, uh, the the backbone and the mentor and uh, and the the travel buddy for uh, for a- any number of people, myself included. And uh, I guess, uh, put it simply, um, Barbershop would not be the same without you. So uh, thank you for everything you've done, and uh, and long may I continue. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's uh, I, it's uh, I can't put into words what my experiences with the Australian um, people and Australian barbershop has uh, meant to me and uh, my life. It has done nothing but uh, we joke a lot, like we said, but I'm not joking when I say it has done nothing but enriched my life, uh, knowing you all and being a part of that organization and being able to help with that movement and and part of that joy is in my years returning to Australia it was great going to all the different chapters around the whole country hearing all the tags that they weren't singing that I taught to them mm. that everyone was teaching to each other at that point you know <laughs> and it was just great to see it's a little things i mean how silly is that but it was just that's very silly it's it is silly but it's <laughs> it's one of those things that makes you feel good no, man, and in the next if we do another interview we got to get to the story where where uh, Ash's father, uh, Roy, was actually hiding food from him <laughs> at one of the uh, uh, internationals or Harmony Colleges in Australia because we were starving and Roy and I found potato chips or crisps as you call them. And we're like, oh, Roy, my gosh, we found them. And then it was just like you couldn't tell anybody else you had them because you knew people would just ambush you for the <laughs> chips that you had. And Ash came up. He's like, did you find anything? And we're like... No, no, we haven't found any food <laughs> you liar. yet. Keep li- <laughs> ah, you joker. Got to pull up stumps there, mate. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your contribution. And uh, yes, uh, until we meet again, uh, until this these crazy times are over, and we can we can sing a tag in person. Um, take care. Fair enough.
Yeah. 